Simple Civics Greenville County is sponsored by Public Education Partners and InformEdSC.org. InformEdSC.org is an award-winning data center that provides nonpartisan, comprehensive information about all things public education in Greenville County and South Carolina. From student testing to teacher salaries to district budgets, InformEdSC.org makes it easy to find the information you need to understand the issues and advocate for students, teachers, and schools. Visit InformEdSC.org. Informing Influencers, Advancing Public Schools. On November 8th, voters across the country head to the polls to elect those who will represent us in local, state, and federal government. Some Greenville County voters will see choices for Greenville County Schools trustees on their ballots. Today, we are pleased to have Public Education Partners join us in bringing you a six-part series to introduce to you the Greenville County School Board candidates who are running to set policy and direction for the public school district that serves 77,000 students, 6,000 teachers, and 10,000 employees. Candidates will be interviewed by Katherine Schumacher, President and CEO of Public Education Partners. Today, we introduce the candidates for Area 20, which is generally Taylor's. Chuck Sailors and Tim Schuyler. Here were our ground rules. Each candidate received the same questions at the time of their invitation to join us. Each was given 10 minutes for their interview. They were also allowed to bring along a companion, such as a campaign manager, family member, or friend, and to record our session themselves. There were no edits made to the interviews with the candidates. You can see if they are on your ballot by looking up your sample ballot at scvotes.gov. First up alphabetically is Chuck Sailors. Well, I'm happy to be here today with Chuck Sailors, who is on the ballot for Greenville County School Trustee in Area 20. And uh, Chuck, why don't you tell us about yourself and why you decided to run to be a Greenville County Schools Trustee? Well, thank you, Catherine. And I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today and those that are listening uh, to this uh, podcast. Uh, I'm running again uh, as an incumbent to continue some of the good work that we've done over the last several years. Uh, we have worked very diligently to make sure that our teachers have the adequate resources in the classroom, that they can be successful with their students and their students succeed. We've worked hard to expand school safety, to attend to transportation issues, to make sure that our finances are stable, that our district is ran like the $700 million-plus business that it is. And so what I would like to do is to continue serving the voters and the families of District 20 that I've been blessed to do so far in the over these years to make sure that our children's education is still addressed in a quality, stable manner. Well, how does your professional and personal experience make you a good candidate for the school board? Well, those that don't know me, I am in construction by profession. I do business development and government relations work for a construction company in the southeastern United States, and we deal a lot with counties, municipalities, and school districts. So I have been able to see through that lens, as well as my involvement over the years as a leader in the PTA, uh, what school systems across our state and across our nation do when it comes to best practices. And through that lens, I'm able to garner and bring back some information and some practices that could be beneficial to our students and supportive of our teachers. Uh, I also believe that because of my business experience, 
I look at our participation in the community as a school system a little differently. What I mean by that is economic development. When it comes to recruiting and securing businesses, families to relocate to Greenville, one of the things that they look at is the school system, the grades, the scores, the physical space in the school itself. And so I'd bring that information to the table, those connections, parental engagement, community engagement, and the resources that we can bring to bear to make sure that, this, again, the students and teachers in our classrooms have uh, a quality, safe, technologically equal learning environment. Well, what do you think are the biggest challenges facing the district? And what is something that the Board of Trustees has the power to do to address them? Well, most anything that needs to be addressed for our system, whether it's financial, instructional, operational, the board has the responsibility to either pass policy to support the administration or work with them to see that that is funded and properly implemented. So the board is responsible at the end of the day for everything related to the school system. Now, does the board have the responsibility to involve themselves in the daily day-to-day, hands-on administration of the school system? No. We are a trustee-based policy-making body that works to make sure that the school system, the superintendent, and everyone between the superintendent and the newest employee has the resources to be effective. Uh, What our challenges are going to be is, again, to make sure that our Funding models remain solid. Uh, in the years that I have served on this board, a consistent challenge has been making sure that the funding we receive from the state can pay the bills that we incur to make sure that our students are successful. Uh, we are a, uh, a heavily based uh, employee business, and what I mean by that is we have 10,000 employees. Most of them are directly connected to the instruction of a student. And so we want to make sure that those resources remain fully funded and adequate to do the job that the parents and the community expect us to do. Well, we have a little bit of time left. So is there anything else that you would like to share with listeners and let them know? I would like to make sure that the listeners make um, take the time to be informed, to seek out information, to reach out to me and to my opponent and see exactly what our personal philosophies are related to education. You know, you can sit here in 10 minutes and give you the 30,000-foot view of what your expectations are, but until you have an in-depth conversation with an individual and let them ask a singular burning question that they may have, that's where the differential, I think, will be seen. Uh, I am really concerned about the movement in this nation that seems to be bleeding into our state when it comes to tearing down public education. Public education is the cornerstone of our democracy. You hear that all the time. Sometimes people don't necessarily believe that as a tactic, but it is. Uh, And our country, our community is based on making sure that our students have a safe, secure technologically equal learning environment. And that's my focus, is to make sure that we still have the resources to do that. Uh, Public education is not a political football. It's not a partisan commentary. It is a fact-based, 
student-driven, teacher-supported system that we need to continue to supply and support the way we have. One of Greenville's greatest treasures, one of the things that attract people to Greenville uh, more than most anything else is the quality of our school system. And we want to make sure that when our students are here, it is a positive experience. We want to make sure that their instructional activities are top-notch, that they have the physical and mental health support that they need when they need it. We want to make sure that the third of our student body that rides a bus can get to and from school every day in a safe and secure manner. Uh, this is a huge operation. It's a huge business. You know, we have 77,000 students in Greenville County, 100 facilities, and one-third of our students ride a bus. How many of your listeners know that if you take those bus routes and put them end-to-end, we encompass the globe one time a day? That's a lot of groundwork to cover, and we want to make sure that their children arrive safely to their destination. Well, thank you for joining us today, Chuck, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the ballot in November. It is my pleasure, and I thank everyone for their time and their consideration. Have a good day. Next up is Tim Schuyler. Well, I'm happy to be here with Tim Schuyler, who is on the ballot for Greenville County Schools trustees for Area 20. Um, So, Tim, why don't you start by telling us about yourself and why you decided to run to be a Greenville County Schools trustee? Okay. Great. Uh, thank you for letting me be here. My name is Tim Schuyler, and uh, <clears throat> we've lived here in uh, Taylor's for the last nine years, or in Taylor's, and uh, been in Greenville County for over 26 years, since 1997. Um, married to my wife, my beautiful wife, who's sitting right next to me here for 20, 28 years, sorry. Um, and we have five children, um, ages 12 to 26. So... Um, that's, that's a little bit about me. And then of course I own a business, which I'll get into later in the next question, I believe. But, uh, um, our children have been, so our children over the years have been predominantly homeschooled, which may, you know, lead some people to wonder why I'm running for school board. Um, several reasons. And, but basically because, uh, I'm, I believe that all children need a quality education and I believe that the parents want quality over quantity. Um, I also believe that they should have a choice, you know, there should be some school choice with that, with the parents. So, but as in regards to the public schools, I believe we need to get back to the basic subjects of reading, writing, math, science, and history. Our focus should be on these core subjects with as little government interference as possible. So I'm running for school board to help ensure that our future generations are grounded and educated in truth and not lies or radical agendas. Well, how does your professional and personal experience make you a good candidate for school board? Well, I own my own business, which I already mentioned. Um, It's actually a sports management company uh, called Breakaway Sports, and we do a lot of different things with that. It's kind of morphed over the years, but I've had it for the last 20 years. Um, It started just as basically me looking for part-time income uh, as a referee, a sports official, and uh, it, it just kind of grew. I developed relationships with, with schools and, and churches, you know, directors, athletic directors, coaches along the way. And uh, it, it grew from, from me just being a part-time referee to providing um, staffing services, providing 
officials for uh, athletic events all over the upstate of South Carolina. And now it's, it's uh, turned into the last several years, it's turned into a full-time uh, endeavor with uh, some, we do league management. So I, I manage church leagues and, and rec leagues all over the upstate uh, work with, you know, youth all the way to adults, uh, anything athletic related. I'm a huge, you know, I love sports. So, um, it's, it's been a passion of mine over the years and, and it's, uh, it's been something that I've been able to, you know, bring, you know, come to fruition over the years, uh, and, and do it, do it as a full-time thing. So I'm excited about that, but I also feel like that that's kind of helped, you know, that will help me in this position, um, because of the relationships I've built with people, um, you know, of course been involved with, with the schools, uh, as a, you know, not a volunteer, but as a, as serving the schools as a sports official and, and providing, uh, providing quality athletic or services and staffing for, for those schools. And then of course the churches in the, in the community. So, um, but, uh, you know, along with that, I, I do several things. I manage a team of over 120 people and interact with these folks every day, administrators, church directors, coaches, parents, and the students on a daily basis. Over the years, I've written policies and procedures, bylaws, and staff training manuals in relation to that. I've also conducted countless trainings, and of course, this is specifically for the sports officials, which I mentioned earlier, teaching them how to rightly and safely adjudicate athletic contests, withstanding the pressures you know, that come along with that. Of course, everyone knows that you know, fans and coaches can be unruly when you're, uh, when you're an official, when you're wearing stripes. Uh, nobody likes you. So, but uh, withstanding those pressures and, and um, uh, you know, doing it in a, in a, in a right and just way. So, um, and unbiased, in an unbiased way. So I feel like that, that experience with my own personal experiences and as a referee um, in those kind of situations and in those pressure situations, I feel like I can, you know, I can sit on this board and really um, face, you know, face whatever comes my way, the challenges, the pressures, you know, from the media or from, from board members, whatever it is. Um, And then it ultimately stand for truth and what's right. Um, and, and make decisions that are best for the community, for the children, and for the parents involved. Okay, well, thank you. What do you think are the biggest challenges facing the district, and what is something that the Board of Trustees has the power to do to address them? So there's, there's, I think there's a lot of challenges, um, actually, and I, we can't really get into them all today. Um, and to be perfectly honest, because I haven't served on the board before, I don't know what uh, what the board has the power to do and what they don't. But what I will address is, is for me, that kind of the, at the top of the list of the challenges and how I would like to see them addressed as, as I, if I have the opportunity to serve on the board. So the first one would be parental rights or parental choice. Um, parents should have the right to direct the education of their children. This includes the right to see their, their records, the curriculum that's being taught, teaching and testing materials. They should also be notified and given approval before any medical procedure or therapy is performed on their child. Masks in school or vaccinations of any kind should be solely decided on by the parents, and any such mandate should never be implemented. So that's parental choice and parental uh, rights. Um, I also believe, along with that, that that um, parents should have the right, of course, I had mentioned at the beginning that I 
have, we've homeschooled our children. So I believe that parents should have the right to choose private school, homeschool, or public education. And uh, no matter what they choose, they should have basically the same rights uh, involved based on what I just said. So that's parental rights, number one. Number two is the curriculum that's, that's, uh, that's being uh, introduced into these schools. So as I mentioned earlier, we must get back to a basic core curriculum that is simple to teach and focuses on the fundamentals. We must ignore federal government curriculum initiatives, which constantly change and create confusion. Any initiative with a specific agenda, such as CRT, SEL, or sexually explicit content, should be immediately removed and never be taught or made accessible to our to our children. Um, now, you know, I don't know all the, I haven't looked at all the curriculum that's in the schools, but I feel like, um, especially the, the three areas that I just mentioned with CRT, SEL, and uh, the, the sexually explicit content, we've heard of ex- many examples of those in the schools. And, you know, whether, whether we currently have them in our Greenville County schools or not, that's something that I want to investigate and make sure that we purge anything and not allow any of that to be in there in the future. So that's the curriculum. Um, and then uh, the third thing is the budget, and uh, I believe there we need trans- we need full transparency. Um, the budget should include only fis- fiscally necessary expenses, uh, and it also should be audited every year and made accessible to the public. So that's where the transparency comes into play. We must also stop taking federal money that comes with strings attached. And finally, this is a big one for me. We, we, I believe we must do away with the education lottery. Uh, the lottery has done more, more bad than good over the years. Uh, and basically what it's done is it's lined the pockets of our government bureaucrats and, and given, it's done some good. It's given scholarships to, um, to mostly middle class and upper class students. And, but, but the money needs to go, in my opinion, uh, any funding, needs to go more toward the you know the students and the teachers that need it need it more than than the government bureaucrats and the the upper and middle class so that's my thoughts on that and and all of those things i believe uh, can be addressed uh within the budget and and there needs to be much more accountability in that way Okay. Well, thank you, Tim Schuyler, for joining us, having a conversation. Um, we look forward to uh, seeing your name on the ballot on November 8th. Thank you for your willingness to serve. Thank you. Simple Civics Greenville County is a project of Greater Good Greenville. Greater Good Greenville was catalyzed by the merger of the Nonprofit Alliance and the Greenville Partnership for Philanthropy. You can learn more on our website at greatergoodgreenville.org. This is a production of the Greenville Podcast Company. Thank you.